Hey, this is David Pryor. We're in the leading Agile booth here at Agile 2019. We're doing interviews all week long with speakers, thought leaders, folks that are helping making helping to bring Agile to the world, helping people figure out how to do it in their companies. Brand new company, Veronica yep. Roth, Eric Willicke. Your company is called Elevate 2. Yes. Okay, I was a little confused about that. With that. <laughs> um, there's lots of Agile transformation companies out there. So you guys have kind of a unique approach to this. Can you explain how you're approaching transformation or, or what, what you're bringing to organizations that is different than what other people are doing? Absolutely. We've been each and our co-founder, Christine Hudson, we've been doing organizational transformation as part of a couple different companies now for a over, a decade, over a decade. Over a decade. <laughs> um, solve some of the really big, hairy problems and continue to realize that as we work with more and more large companies, until you learn to realign around value, nothing else really matters. All okay. the other improvements you make are just playing in pockets. Okay. And a couple different experiences over the years have led us to realize that the key transition point that really makes a difference for that reorientation around value okay. is that moment when groups of managers, usually at the more senior levels of an adoption, okay. start to behave as if they're teams of leaders. Okay. And that's kind of the core thing that we help organizations trigger because once you do that, all the other change gets easy. Okay. Until you do that, you're fighting against the flow of value, you're fighting the funding situation, you're fighting the resource model and all those other things that right. we come up against that impede transformations time after time. Okay. So when you say team, I mean, it would be easy to say like, well, yeah, this is the team of senior leadership. We've got all mm -hmm. these C people and whatever, they're a team. But you're talking about a different kind of team, I'm assuming. Not well, they, just a bunch of people that on the org chart that look like a team. Right. They often don't act like a team. And okay. um, like I love I love to quote, I think it's Patrick Lencioni, who says, as a, your first team is the team you're on, not the team you lead. So ah, when okay. they're a collection of individuals, they, they often represent the silos. Yeah. And they are first and foremost leading their team. And then they just come to the group to like report status and ask for stuff. Okay. Right? And the, the shift happens when they make that, that leadership team, the team they're on, the yeah. first team, and we help them have a shared vision, align on goals, okay. and see, you know, we are doing this thing together, whether it's leading a business unit, leading a group, leading the entire company. Okay. And, and so is there a structure like a hierarchy thing, or it's just a flat team, everybody's equal? How does uh, that part work? We don't want to refute the existence of the existing org chart. You okay. have silos. You have leaders that are typically reporting into their functional silos. What we need them to do is learn how to behave differently. Okay. And as Ronica mentioned about a shared vision and shared goals, think about maybe a KPI structure where, or a um, OKR structure where the first thing you do is define that top-level goal, and then each department defines their goal within it. Okay. That's, that's how they're going to contribute to it. Yeah, but that's not sharing. That's not being a team. That right. is saying, okay, I agree that we want to go there, now I'm going to go over here. Uh -huh. And we want to get away from that and say, okay, Along this value stream, whether it's a product, an internal product, a service, what have you, right? how are you going to set up your goals at that next level down? Okay. What are your strategies, your hypotheses on how you'll approach achieving that outcome that you share as a team? Okay. Now, what work will your teams collectively share in order to accomplish that? In service that? of that. Okay. And, and so I think of, uh, I did a meeting like that, not a huge company, a much smaller company, but we did an all-company meeting around strategy. And it was, for example, marketing and sales must work together in order okay. to do what we're going to do next. Right. So what are those shared goals? Okay. It was powerful. And they, and they start to realize that they're going to succeed or fail yeah. together. Not like my department did its job, your department didn't. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. That, that's the goal okay. of what we desire to trigger. And okay. often when leaders co-create that plan and co-create the work that will accomplish those goals, they do believe in that work okay. and they do behave as if they're going to succeed together. How does that affect the dependencies within the organization? I'm assuming they've got to deal with that as well, right? No, we've, we've been working in the Agile community forever, essentially, yeah. to try to create cross-functional teams. Yeah. We know the struggle of getting, say, a tester and an analyst and a developer to sit down at the same table and talk to each other. Okay. Well, that doesn't stop because you become a manager. Okay. So the leaders, I have a great deal of empathy because they're going through the exact same process, only they're doing it in full view of their entire organizations. Okay. So they need, they need to learn to make that step. And then they can start just working together. And when it happens, when it clicks, yeah. it's incredibly powerful. So, and, and then we deal with dependencies this in, in yeah. the same way as we do it with development teams. Make work visible. Okay. Right? And, and continuously re- reflect on what's preventing us from getting our work yeah. done. And, and I think the other part of that is that does then create permission for teams further down in the organization to form and behave in the same ways. Okay. So, so they're leading by example. By once you sh- see that example of your leaders sharing work, right? I deal with a dependency by going and working with the person on the other end of the dependency. Okay. And we become a team. So they can just self-form whenever. Yeah, there's still permission giving activities that need okay. to happen and organizational change, and I mean it's still a corporation. Okay. But it, it's easier when people feel like they're allowed to. Okay. And when you're talking about a vision, are you talking about vision for the transformation or vision for the different products or or both? You can't separate them. Okay. If you're going to change, you're changing your product organization, which by nature changes your product. Wow. Well, and especially as we work higher and higher in organizations, those leaders, their whole job is to constantly figure out what new capabilities do we need as an organization? How do we help our people be in a position to succeed against what we're trying to accomplish? So working on the organization and working in it is, is their entire job. So their focus might be get, you know, whatever we can do to get things out of the way of these teams to help them deliver faster, mm-hmm. to create more throughput. So it's not just the way it used to be where we go in and teach the teams and then go be agile. <laughs> You're going to the, others, other, to the top of it. So yeah. they're going to start first and then it's going to filter its way down. Um, I wouldn't say first. It it's, has to happen top and bottom together okay. if we're going to get the impact. Okay. But it can't happen without the top. And it can't happen in okay. isolation anywhere. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I know that you also mentioned helping them move from a project-focused approach to more product-focused, which is a very big thing going on. But what kind of changes are they going to see when people go through that? I think the largest change is they're going to have to learn to collaborate Okay. In wildly different ways than they're used to collaborating. And we talk about teams of leaders. You can't be successful as non-value stream. You need to find okay. that end-end value stream team. And they will have to learn to work together in wildly different ways. Okay. What do you think is the biggest blocker to that? So like what creates the most waste in that system? The meeting culture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think of a team I worked with uh, recently, uh, again, senior leaders, VP and senior directors. Um, w- and so we were prioritizing the most critical initiatives and seeing which ones we could make progress on over the next quarter. And I even had them plotting work in two-week sprints. Okay. And the biggest frustration, first of all, was that they showed me their calendars. They are literally in eight hours of meetings a day. How are they and, supposed to work? Exactly. Okay. There was a mild panic as that was realized. So they're doing Scrum and they're still having eight hours of meetings a day? Well, these again, these are senior leaders. I'm not telling them to do Scrum. Okay. I'm saying let's figure out how to sequence work and focus it a little bit better and okay. not do everything. 
Um, so that was that process. So meeting culture, there's two parts to that. One is just the whip of meetings. Okay. You've got too many. There are things you're doing by meeting that you don't need to do that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and then the meetings you do have need to shift uh, the way they happen. Yeah, and we, we've all been in meetings where, like, why am I here? Why yeah. do I have three senior leaders in the room to do this? Okay. Well, I have to have three senior leaders in the room because I've never decentralized any empowerment or authority or anything else. Okay. Because we've never actually aligned on what our intent is as a leadership team. Okay. Yes. Once we have that shared intent and we've co-created together, when I pass work down, I can actually trust my people to understand my intent. Okay. And so because they can they work that, together. that shared vision the lack of like centralized control where this is the only person, the only two people that can give us the approval. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to have the meeting. Yep. They're just going to have to learn to trust each other and talk to when yep. they need to. Yep. And that starts to decrease the number of, did I do this right meetings where you come okay. back and pre-review the meetings for the review of the meetings for the actual meeting. And we've all been <laughs> but, through that cycle. But there's still going to be a struggle for the people that feel like they're in some manner responsible for the thing being done. Mm-hmm. Right. In the same way that, the PMO still thinks it's supposed to go and check everything and make sure it's all right. Well, and so we use the same, you know, again, we're using the same tools at a different level. So there are demos, there are chances for feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, If, if one piece is I, as a leader, describe my intent, I want to also then hear you say back to me what you heard. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also a letting go. There isn't one right way to solve it. So it's no longer believing there's only one right way to do things. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so that it also starts to diffuse a little bit of because you're acting like a leadership team. Yeah. It starts to diffuse a little bit of those defensive prep meetings. Oh, I don't want to look good or look bad in front of my peers. So I have to pre-review. Right. And she has to pre-review and you have to pre-review before we all get together to see it. (laughs) Right. And when you trust your peers a little bit more, it's like, oh, no, you can go ahead and show it to Ronica. That's fine. And that takes two meetings off the calendar. Okay. And then we just slowly erode all the extra stuff that we're introducing because of the hierarchy. Okay. Instead, we're replacing it with team behaviors just at a leadership level. We have trust. We have shared understanding. We have shared intent. Yeah. We might actually trust our peers to tell our people what to do. But that's got to be a hard corner to turn. I mean, going from, like, I have my silo, I protect my silo, and those people mm-hmm. suck because they didn't do their thing, but I did, to we respect and trust each other. And if something's not happening, we're going to talk about it, but we, we respect the fact that that person in that group is doing whatever they can. We, we do. And there's the normal things that get in the way at the team level still get in the w- way at this level. Okay. Performance incentives, lack of the right structure, lack of shared outcomes. Yeah. I mean, you, you need to start to find those sources of friction, erode them. Yeah. Find probably short-term hacks for the first year and then maybe a longer-term fix after that. Okay. Well, and, and we'll do things. We'll leverage, you know, the team formation activities that, mm-hmm. that I learned from, like, Christopher Avery. Okay. So we'll explicitly create working agreements. So you don't you don't just decide to trust. You <laughs> continually make and meet commitments to each other, right? Um, you know, you don't just declare a safe zone. You have to build it through facilitation techniques. And, and so teach we, people how it works. Right, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we do it, and then we show them how to do it, and we reinforce it. And, and then sometimes it's just coaching. Like, yeah. like working with a leader to show, um, you know, your words aren't matching what your actions, yeah, yeah. you know, our action or, or you're using the old words cause you're stressed. So let's talk about how to reinforce the new behaviors okay. um, through practice. Like, for example, I just, I just got done with a coaching session with an SVP I'm working with and I went in with one top level agenda item, express appreciation to him for having expressed appreciation to his people. 
oh, wow. that came okay. back to me. I circled around that multiple people. And that's got to be I'd weird for of. them too. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I went in with that one goal. It's like, I'll say, sir, in this case, just to keep it anonymous, but sir, I have heard reflections that you have a written appreciation to these two people and spoken to a couple of others. Yeah. And they love it. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate you for taking those actions. Wow. And you could tell he, he was like, oh, people care. <laughs> and a lot of us lack empathy for people in those senior leadership roles as being well, people. That's where I was going to go next. Like, I'm one, do you do you find that in this kind of environment, the people at the team level are able to have empathy for the struggle to change that the leadership is having? Because, <laughs> or, or is that something you're still trying to fix? Um, I don't know how to get everybody at the team level to have empathy for their leaders. Okay. Um, as someone who has been a leader with three thousand people under transformation, yeah. I understand. And you're often trying to change yourself in full view of your organization. And it's typically an organization that has remarkably little tolerance for slips, much less failure. Yeah. So I I do a lot of broadcasting of that empathy and sharing of that empathy for that reason. But it is scary and lonely when you're in those roles and you're trying to change and want to be a better person and want to be a better person supporter for your organization okay and yeah people expect you to behave the same way you've always behaved with no tolerance for slipping until you're perfect yeah yeah okay so <laughs> before we get to the one two three thing i want to ask one more question you just mentioned christopher and his work and i know yeah. that you're part of the group because i i was for a while it was as well how much does that play into the stuff that you guys are doing is that something you teach to other people does that become part of the approach you're trying to get leadership to move away and- yeah yes <laughs> and it's it's a tool in my toolbox. Okay. Um, and I've talked to Christopher about that uh, and appreciated it, it, him and his work and make I, you know credit where it comes from. Um, use those tools in team formation. Use the language of responsibility. Sometimes okay. explicit, explicitly walk through the responsibility process. Other times I'm just kind of mm-hmm. probably using it without explaining it all the time. I okay. don't know because it's part of my it's yeah. part of my language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Any other tools like that that you guys think that, that people should start to pay attention to? Um, organizational health model out of the advantage from Patrick Lencioni is okay. a huge one. Uh, uh, facilitating a collaboration culture from Gene Tabeka. Okay. Who's my mentor. Um, I think there's the, the classics that we've all read in the Agile community, the Phoenix Project yeah. and DevOps Handbook and kind of just all the flow-based align around value conversations you can have. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about one, two, three. Yeah, one of our favorite subjects. All right, so <laughs> well, before we do that, so we were just talking about the responsibility process in Christopher Avery, which is a book and the leadership gift. Mm-hmm. I'll change the name of it though. I can't remember what the new name His is. His new company is the Responsibility Company. Okay, so I believe it's responsibility.com. Yeah, I believe yeah. it is. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna, well, he'll be on later this week. Oh, good. Um, so, what is the one, two, three approach? And because this is something that makes your company unique and different. Um, not yeah. as, luckily, not as unique as I'd want it to be. Okay. I, I, I would love for more people to join into this kind of thing. So okay. uh, starting with Salesforce and Mark Benioff doing Pledge 1% okay. and Rally being a founding member of that group through the work of uh, Tim and Ryan, the founders, and a number of other m- companies out there have pledged 1%, either okay. 1% of their equity, 1% of their profit, or 1% of their employees' time, or some combination. Okay. And which, the, which was a huge, I mean, for me, that was just a huge part of my career at Rally. We did, we volunteered together, but you, mm-hmm. we were also encouraged to volunteer separately, like okay. individually, and then come back and tell those stories. And I, I remember when we IPO'd and we gave that huge check to um, our charity, the Community Foundation. It was so rewarding and okay. such a part of who we were. 
Yeah. So now this is the next. So yeah, as we founded our new organization, we wanted to carry that forward and be a contributor as well. And realize we had a, being a small organization, not scaled, huge, massive consultants, we had the opportunity to take it a step further. Okay. So we've decided to pledge 1% of our equity, okay. which is written into our operating agreement and laws, um, 2% of our profits and 3% of our time as a founder team okay. to make the world a better place. Okay. And we, we talk about doing well by doing good, and we wanted to put our behaviors behind that. Okay. Is there a specific cause that you guys are supporting or... I don't think we've chosen yet. Um, okay. We don't need to choose that yet because okay. we can choose to co- uh, support the causes that are going to have the most impact at the time we're able to support them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we have very well aligned interest in the types of causes in the world that we want to support these days. Okay. And we should mention that it's a fairly new company. Yeah, we're six months in. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> we started in January. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Six-month Thank birthday. You. <laughs> um, so if folks want to get in touch with you, what is, the, what is your preferred way for them to do that? Um, they can get hold of me at eric at elevate.to. Monica at elevate.to. Or okay. just come to the website, elevate.to, and get in touch through that. All right, cool. Well, thank you both for coming by. This was great. And good luck with the company. Awesome. Take thank care. you.